All right, welcome back. It's February 20th. 18th. Ah, okay, okay. I mean, I know the days of the week. I just don't pay attention to the dates. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one that doesn't, you know, maybe I'm the only one that does that. So there's a weird, I have a weird thing about dates because like if you ask me the date rate now, I may not know it, but because I'm, I'm a planner and I, we've talked about this, I like to go to concerts. If you're like, oh, so what day is August whatever? If I have a concert in August, I'm able to tell you what day you're looking at because I know like when my concerts are. So like if I have a concert on August 19th and let's just say that's a Saturday and somebody's like, oh, well, what, what day is August? What would that be? Like 11th, seven days earlier? I'm like, oh, it's a Saturday. I'm like, how do you know that? I'm like, well, I have a concert on the 18th, so. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, for dates, like I don't even pay attention to dates when it comes to like NFL or college football schedule. I just know Saturday, these teams play at noon. I've looked at the schedule. I don't remember the date. Like I'll look at NFL schedules and college football schedules every Monday and Tuesday, like two, three weeks in advance. And I've always been like that. And I think, I mean, we, we, well, actually, I think you know that about me because it used to be that way uh, when we went to college together and we would talk about games that are, you know, week five, but we would be in preseason. <clears throat> right. Well, the good news with those schedules is, is you, you know, the day of the week. <laughs> you're, you're like, well, they own Saturday and Sunday. So unless it's the Thursday game by some stretch or Monday game, then you're, you're all set. Right. And sometimes with movies, I don't know the date they come out normally. Sometimes I do if I'm like following it extremely close, like Justice League March 18th. I know that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I can tell you what month something's coming out, but typically it's hard to, to remember the date. We have a good show here today. Hot Take 6. Ryan, it's your turn. I can't believe this is the first time either one of us remembered who goes first. Hey, we're getting better, better. Yeah. Air quotes, better. Um, so first hot take here. This is something we'll cover a little bit more on the back half too. Uh, nothing crazy here. I think other people would agree with this, so I don't even know much. so much if it's a hot take, but uh, the NHL needs more outdoor games. I love the outdoor games, and, and we'll talk more about Lake Tahoe on the back half. We won't dwell on it too much here, but all the past Winter Classic games, uh, I know that was kind of pushed and bumped this year because of the pandemic and starting later than it normally would. But, uh, you know, this take on the Winter Classic with outdoor games with Lake Tahoe, I love them. I think it's fun. I think it's a fun opportunity to change up uniforms, which a lot of people love, and it's an opportunity, in my opinion, too, to kind of grow the sport because you have an opportunity to be in front of more people. Uh, but I, I just love outdoor games, and I think the NHL needs more of them. Yeah, watching a little bit of Blackhawks wings last night and a little bit of Winnipeg-Edmonton, uh, switching back and forth between the Knicks-Magic game. Uh, by the way, quick Knicks minute, very quick Knicks minute. Uh, we're the best team in New York. We are the best team in New York. Uh, we, we play better defense than Brooklyn. And Julius Randle's not an all-star, but I think he, what will end up happening is in a year like this where everything's modified as far as schedule-wise a little bit, he's going to get selected by the all-star head coach for the East as one of the reserves. But, I mean, he put up 44 points the other night. What a game that was. That's the next minute. We're good. We're we have back. a hot take seven today. If you're, if you're going to say you're the best team in, in New York, I love that. 
we are the best team in New York. And one of my friends out there, he knows who he is. I told him last summer in a text message, Tom Thibodeau will get us to an eight seed. And he said, we'll see. I texted him yesterday. I said, what's it feel like being wrong? <laughs> right now we're in the sixth. That's how bad the East is. <laughs> you know, he said, you know, we got to wait till the season's over. So, um, no, yeah, I've been to, I haven't been to a winter classic, but I've been to an outdoor game. A stadium series game is what they would call them before COVID. You know, I don't, I don't know what they're calling the Lake Tahoe game, but um, it's, they're different. They're a different energy. You're surrounded. We're both big hockey guys, but you're surrounded. At least I was when I was at Heinz Field for the Flyers pens in 2016. You're surrounded by, I mean, give or take, well, 2017, I'm sorry. You're surrounded by 70,000 hockey fans. They're a different atmosphere. I do enjoy them. I love watching them on TV. Being at one, I would love to go to a Winter Classic, not a stadium series, because I feel like the energy would be a little bit different. But I think we're both uh, interested in seeing how this is going to play out. There's not going to be fans, obviously. It's legitimately in the middle of nowhere. How are they busing players in? How are they – what do their locker rooms look like? How are they going to adjust during halftime periods? Because are they making makeshift locker rooms in the middle of the wilderness, essentially? Because the shots, if you've seen the shots, if you follow NHL Instagram, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. So my, my question to you on that, just real quick, about being in an outdoor game at, at Heinz Field, I mean, this could really be applied anywhere, but how much is the energy different from an indoor game where, you know, you've been to an indoor game, and I have too, I've never been to an outdoor game, but what what's that energy like? Because obviously, you know, it's so much more compact in an indoor game with, you know, 17, 18,000 fans. What, what's it like with 70,000? Is it louder when a goal is scored? Is it just a little bit more calmer because there is a more vast audience? I think it's in the middle. I think when goals were scored, it was a little chaotic because obviously everyone's paying attention to the game, but there are certain people who have bad vantage points because it's in a stadium or a baseball park, but you're still able to high five on goals and stuff like that. You know, this is all pre COVID of course, but I think indoor games are a little bit more fun. I think people are more invested because outdoor games, just kind of like when you go to an NFL or a college football game, let's be honest, sometimes people aren't always paying attention to the action every play like they would be if they're watching it on TV or if they're at an indoor game. Like I know personally going to a WVU basketball game, I'm way more invested than if I go to when I see the Eagles play. I just, I think that's the nature of it, of, less fans if that makes sense makes me more focused does that make sense i don't know if that makes sense to some people but i feel like i would be way more invested in a premier league game if i was at like a soccer match versus you know a stadium like alabama maybe uh, that seats a hundred thousand people right well it's it's interesting you say that because i think i would agree with you uh, but for some reason it makes me think of the opposite side of that where the first hockey game i ever went to uh, I again first game so I had never been but somebody got up like to use the bathroom in front of us like 10 15 seconds into a power play mm. and even then even not knowing the etiquette of being at a hockey game I was like well you don't get up during the power play because that's when you might score right. and this poor woman was just roasted by everyone I mean it was yeah not great but 
to your point yes more the the less fans you you kind of think of it more dedicated so the the observation is higher so i i'm with you i know exactly what you mean and last point i'll say is i think as we get older our generation millennials i think we'll lean more towards tv anyway because if you honestly i i think i would rather prefer a, a viewing sunday in the comfort of my own home versus driving parking all that kind of stuff Baseball is probably the only sport where I don't care about the TV experience. Maybe during postseason, but I, I tip, you know, even then I don't really care about the TV experience for baseball because that's something I'd rather experience in person. It's just, it's just a weird event um, to be at. My hot take, George St. Pierre, stop trying to call him out. Stop trying to bring him back into the game. He's done. I love George St. Pierre. He's one of the main reasons I got into the UFC along with Chuck Liddell, Rashad Evans, golden years, early golden years of UFC after Dana White had the ultimate fighter burst, if you will. And Kamara Usman is a fantastic fighter, fantastic fighter. He's calling out Jorge Masvidal, and they did fight last July, but Jorge Masvidal took that fight on six days' notice, and... They ended up going the distance. I don't know how Jorge Masvidal ended up going the distance when he took the fight on six days' notice with no training camp. But Kamara Usman, you know, he's been asked about GSP. I don't think he's interested, but GSP's not interested either. Two months ago, people were saying, well, actually last fall, excuse me, people were saying GSP should fight Khabib. I mean, the guy's been out of the sport since 2016, 2017, when he fought Michael Bisping and won the middleweight title, he was done. And he had taken a four-year absence off after that. So, and he's, he just got announced as he's, he's going to be returning in the Marvel universe. He's going to be returning as um, uh, a mercenary that he was in the Falcon. um, I'm sorry, not the Falcon winter soldier, but he's going to be returning in the MCU in heavy capacity in multiple projects um, from his role that he had in Captain America um, winter soldier. So, Stop trying to call out GSP. I mean, I would argue that now I'm, I'm not a huge UFC fan. I know who George St. Pierre is. Um, I, I would argue that in, in acting, you're living a much cozier life. I don't even think that's much of an argument. As opposed to fighting UFC, get your face knocked in, you know, make some decent money. But like, if you can make it as an actor and do that and continue a, a longstanding role like that or one that will continue and, and kind of recurring... I uh, would much rather do that than walk out and potentially get my ass kicked every day trying to fight UFC and putting my body through that. Now I realize you still have to stay in, you know, some type of shape when you're talking movies, but I, I don't know. I, I I just feel like one life is cozier than the other. And if, if you're him, you just keep taking the high road and saying, yeah, I don't, I don't need your fights. I'll, <laughs> I'll keep my, uh, I'll keep my acting gig. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Also, he's basically the first fighter, every UFC fighter kind of tries to do what he, his training regiment was when he was fighting, which was, hey, I'll do a little bit of this. I'll do a little bit of that. I'll do cardio in the water. I'll do gymnastics. I'll do, you know, outside workouts. And and a lot of fighters try to emulate his workout style because it's kind of what kept him so dominant over his reign as a champion but i also don't understand what's up with i don't know if you follow him but he has hair now and it's odd 
because he was always bald. I don't know what's what happened with Brian Erlacher and George St. Pierre and a couple yes. of athletes where they retire and now they have hair. I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, I mean, he, he's done. Leave it alone. Yeah. Thanks for saying Brian Erlacher, because you said that and, and he was the first person that came to mind because I remember he just popped up on TV one day and he had hair. I'm like, that's the bald linebacker. Like we all know, we, everyone knows in the football world who Brian Erlacher is. He's bald. Like what, what did you do after you were done? You're just like, eh, I guess now's the right time. Just, just let it go. I mean, look, now I, I probably see this from a different perspective because I've been losing my hair since I was like 14. So you just embrace it at some point, but I, I don't know. But I, you, you don't need it. It's just more work. You save so much money on shampoo. Mm. Just so you know, if you, if you go bald anytime soon. All right, so my second hot take here. Um, now, this one could be seen as a little bit of, you know, controversial, potentially. Um, and I'll, I'll give you my reasons why, but I'll also tell you why I'm, I might even be against this a little bit. Uh, so yesterday, star shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. signed a ludicrous 14-year, $340 million contract with the Padres, uh, the Padres are paying like over, I, I believe it's over $800 million to their infield now between Tatis and Manny Machado. Uh, and of course the other two infielders, including Eric Cosmer, but I hate this. I hate this contract. I hate huge contracts in baseball. Uh, I think it's dumb. Now, let me, let me say that I really like Fernando Tatis. I think he's somebody that's great for the game. I, I think he's earned this. I think it's a, uh, it's definitely a business move to wrap somebody up in their prime where you're still going to get their best years, uh, which is which is exactly what they're doing. Usually it's after, you know, a guy has five or six years in the league, you give them that 10 year contract. And then, you know, the back half of it, you're saying ah, he's not quite as good as he was anymore. I think of a guy like Albert Pujols, uh, who had a great start or a great end with the Cardinals and a decent start with the Angels, but clearly not his old self now. But I just, I don't like these, I don't like these 14 year contracts. I don't like these huge multi hundred million dollar contracts and these long tenured contracts because it really only gives you the room for error because in 14 years, a lot's going to change. You know, if this guy goes through injuries, if this guy goes through some slumps, which it happens in baseball, but I just, I'm not a fan of these contracts. Now, again, I think he's earned it based on the, the kind of window of baseball and how they do their contracts now. But I just think these huge contracts are dumb. I, I, I can't see why anybody would continue to do them. Uh, you know, we'll see how it works out with guys like Bryce Harper and Mike Trout on the back half, but it just, it, it to me only leaves more room for error than it does success. That's a great way of looking at it because 14 years away, we have, we will have gone through three Olympic cycles and two or three, maybe four president cycles of elections. That's how far away it is. And those things only happen every four years, okay? The next point is, I look at it as Fernando Tatis is pretty electrifying. He's looked at as one of the best players in baseball, which he is. But if you look at contracts when it comes to paying huge guys in small market teams like San Diego versus 
a New York or LA at, look angels aren't a dominant baseball organization, but they're in a big market, but and they're not looked at as a small market team because of where they're located. John Carlos Stanton got paid a massive amount of money to stay in Miami. He's now in New York. Robinson Cano got paid massive amount of money to play in Seattle, not working out too well. Big contracts in baseball, they'll, they'll come and go. But if you look at Manny Machado, who got paid, I mean, maybe I just don't follow baseball closely enough, but I didn't hear anything about Manny Machado last year. Or, or two. Yeah. He had a decent season, but, but, but again, I think this is just what it, it it's exactly what it does. It, it's kind of like Bryce Harper too. You know, there's a lot of criticism around a guy like Bryce Harper anyway, um, I, I mean, he's a great baseball player. Don't get me wrong. There's there's nothing wrong with him. But we're talking about a guy who in, in 2020, uh, you know, now, albeit a lot of guys don't don't have the best numbers from last year, 268 hitter. And in, in his first year in Philly, he was a 260 hitter. So, I mean, he's not somebody who's hitting 300. I mean, he had a couple 300 years with the Nats. Uh, let me let me look at Manny Machado here real quick to kind of give you um, a, a look at that, too. But you know, there, there's just so much danger when it comes to this. You know, when you're talking 10 years, even 10 years for these guys is dangerous. Uh, Manny Machado in his first year with San Diego full-time, we're talking about a 256 hitter. Um, now, last year was 304, was a little bit higher on that regard. But again, you know, there's, I think you'll look back at 2020 and almost forgive bad seasons and, and look at better seasons with skepticism because of the COVID year. But I think of a contract now, I know this is kind of going outside of the sport here, but in, in hockey, Rick DiPietro um, signed a contract with the New York Islanders back in the day for 15 years and $67 million. How are, how are you going to predict the future and what it's going to look like in 15 years? I mean, let's, let's think about it in these terms. So if you give, let's just say Alex Smith, a 15 year contract in 2005 with the 49ers, by the time we get to 2020, how many other great quarterbacks have we seen drafted during that time that are that are going to be better than him in that sense? I mean, you're talking about guys like Patrick Mahomes that changed the game. So we don't know who the next great baseball player is yet, but they could potentially put these guys to shame. I don't know. I just I think that anything over 10 years is just a crazy amount of time. And it just it, it only stands to end badly, in, in my opinion. It's so far away that the next big college football home and home series. It's it's like when you announce Georgia's playing Texas in 20, uh, 2029 and 2030 or whatever. Right. That's how far away that's how far away it is. It's like, okay, cool. Well, I got 14 years to wait, you know. It it, it doesn't make sense. I understand the logic of it. I think the only time where it was like, hey, this seems like it could work out for both parties is Mike Trout. Mike mm -hmm. Trout is a pretty special baseball player. It's It sucks that he's playing for the Angels because I think if he was in a different team, he would have made the playoffs by now. I don't even think they've made the playoffs while he's there, mm -hmm. which is a shame because he's one of the best players, if, if not one of the top three or four in the game. So but sticking with contracts, well, we got rid of it. Uh, we got rid of Carson Wentz's contract. That's my hot take. It's uh, good for us. I think bad for the Colts. I don't. I 
I wish I could understand what the Colts are thinking because everyone in their right mind did not want to take this on. And everyone just kind of assumed he was going to end up there anyway. But it doesn't seem like it benefits really anyone except for the Eagles. The Colts kind of lose in this situation, I feel like. Look, Carson Wentz is on their team now, so you could look at it and say, hey, we can build an offensive line in the draft and free agency, those kind of things, get him some pieces other than T.Y. Hilton, who's been there since the Reagan administration. But Jalen Hurts, now the QB1, okay, where do we go from here? How do we continue to build around this guy when he basically has wide receivers that you would create on Madden and try to make their rating 99 when they're basically a 62? (laughs) How do do you do those kind of things? I I feel like there's more questions than answers. On Philly's side of the ball, Philly, they seem like the winners in this. But to be honest with you, the head coach that we have, that guy doesn't look like he can – speak in front of a crowd i mean that's one of the worst press conferences at all of all time to introduce yourself and if you look at bad press conferences for head coaches who get hired they don't end up doing very well remember adam gase at the jets for listeners that can't see it the eyeballs you know (laughs) like if that didn't go very well so i don't know what happens from here by the way another little nfl note everyone's bragging about trevor lawrence's pro day how well he did Anybody can throw a football in T-shirt and shorts. I want to see – I want to see – Jamarcus Russell had one of the best pro days of all time, apparently. It, he was in a T-shirt and shorts, okay? So let's see where we are in a, in a, in a few months. So I know this is, a, this is like a deep dive into NFL history, but the one guy that I remember when it comes to like pro days and combines, uh, he was drafted by the Bills. I can't remember the year. His name was Aaron Maben. He was like a defensive line, outside linebacker, hybrid person. Everyone's like, you got to see this kid on in his pro day and his combines, his workout. You never heard a peep from him in the league. I, I think I'll tell you, I'll give you a hot take here. I think combines are overrated and I think they suck because they don't tell you the full story of a player because when you put somebody on a field, that's what it is. But I'm actually going to go ahead and throw in my third hot take here because it longs it kind of lines up right with your story here uh and that's that the Colts will be on the quarterback hunt within three years I I think that taking on a contract like Carson Wentz's is 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 a very bold move in so many senses now when when you when you consider it from Philly's side yeah you're talking about a team that's dropping what's the cap hit it's like 38.3 million if it all sticks together is that right yes so, I mean, you're talking the largest dead cap hit in history. I mean, did, didn't we just talk about long contracts that don't always pan out? I mean, that's that's kind of what we're looking at here, or a big contract, rather, for a quarterback. But you're right. I think this is a this is going to be a, an interesting one to see because I, I do think that there is potential in Carson Wentz. We've talked about this. We've seen what he can do. We know that he can have success, and maybe Frank Reich will bring that out in him. But is he broken to a point that's beyond recognition that they won't be able to get the best out of him? And if that's the case, Indianapolis is back on the quarterback hunt. This this solidifies their quarterback position, at least for the next two years, where you say, uh, you know, he's coming into a new offense. We're going to see how it works out. And then next year you get the pass to, you know, oh, you know, this is, we can't continue. We can't continue with this. 
So I think within three years, if he's not the player that they think that they traded for, he'll be out. Uh, but I'm reading on I'm reading online too. You know, there's there's other sides to this too, where fans from Philly are saying we've never really had to watch one of our quarterbacks leave who still has a lot of potential. Now I think that's an interesting take, but I I, I kind of see what they're what they're saying with this. Like Donovan McNabb was kind of past his prime when he left. His best years were in Philly. Michael Vick, when he left Philly, was was obviously well past his prime. He didn't have his best years in Philly, but still, you knew that he was not going to have his best years after. Carson Wentz is young. So if he turns out to be the player that Indy thinks he can be, you know, Philly traded away somebody that really was a great player. But I think this shows what they believe in Jalen Hurts and what they think they have in him. Uh, but they're even saying they're going to bring in competition for Jalen Hurts. What kind of confidence does that give your guy when you can't invest in a guy to say, hey, you know, we want you to be the guy. That's why we are taking this huge cap hit from a guy that we thought we believed in before. But I, I don't know. I think this is going to be an interesting to watch play out. Of course, this is huge news coming in earlier to or yesterday now. But I, I just think there's there's so much to be seen in this situation. I wish the XFL was playing football this season so we could get the best quarterback from the best XFL team like the Carolina Panthers did with P.J. Walker and bring that guy in because at least that's pro ball and we can see what he does. While we just signed Landry Jones or Aaron Murray, I, I don't know if Aaron Murray is still under contract technically with the Tampa Bay Vipers or if Landry Jones is still with the Dallas Renegades from the XFL. But bring one of those guys in if you're trying to give someone competition. Or if anything, hey, why don't you hire Bob Stoots? I mean, he has pro football uh, head coaching experience now. Or if if they were to hire a guy like Pep Hamilton, a guy like Pep Hamilton to work around Jalen Hurts, then okay, then okay, we have we have something in place. But is Jalen Hurts really going to be like an Andrew Luck that basically takes nothing around him and takes him to the playoffs? I don't know. Is Jalen Hurts going to be a guy that's going to get us nine to 10, 11 wins in a, in a division where we need to get into the playoffs? I don't know. It's just there's a lot of unanswered questions. And for Indianapolis side of the ball, there's T.Y. Hilton, Jonathan Taylor, and no offensive line. Yeah, well, and Anthony Costanzo retired too. So, I mean, you're talking about an offensive line that's going to be looking to put some new pieces in. Uh, the good news, one thing that you mentioned, though, is, is that Philly only needs seven wins to win the division. So, I mean, you're talking about you're talking about a not a tall task. Um, but I'll tell you the, the one thing, you know, I'm going to I'm going to throw the contract out here for a second. What was the trade package? A second that could potentially be a first and a third? Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, you're not really giving up a lot. You're not really giving up a lot for Carson Wentz. Um, and now we're talking about the two top quarterbacks in the 2016 draft are both traded within, you know, a month of each other. So, and actually I looked this up because I found this very interesting. The 2016 draft, eight out of the 11 top drafted players with the Carson Wentz trade now are not with the team that drafted them. There are three players from that draft that are on the same team. They are Ronnie Stanley, who just signed a big contract, but tore his ACL with the Baltimore Ravens. You have Joey Bosa, 
who is, you know, coming off a little bit of a down year with the Chargers, and Zeke Elliott, who, I mean, I feel like we hear every year he's either going to get released or traded because the running back is not what we thought it was. I mean, last year, obviously, a down year with Dak being out, but everybody else is traded. And and I feel like when you're talking quarterbacks, if you look back the year before that, you know who the top two picks were? Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Where are they at now? Backing up two teams. So it's a little bit on the side of the quarterback talent, but it's also on the side of the investment of these players. You know, I've said this for years now. We're talking about players who, you know, when, when you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes, I hate to keep going back to him, but when you can invest in a guy to win you a Super Bowl and build around him like they did those first couple of years, you look at a guy like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff and go, huh, we didn't get there. Can we find that? It's a it's an interesting dynamic now, and people were just to take it one step further. People are looking at this with guys like Baker Mayfield now. the The question is: is does the quarterback make the team better, or does the team make the quarterback better? So you want to find a guy who fits the system. Either you're going to have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, um, or, or you know, there's others. I, I'm thinking new quarterbacks. Of course, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers make their team better. But talking newer quarterbacks, do these guys elevate the play of the team? Or do you have a fantastic defense in the case of somebody like L.A. who's helping Jared Goff get to where he's been, albeit fine quarterback? But is he on that level that is actually elevating the team's play when he's on the field? And I think that's the evaluation process you're going to see when Carson Wentz goes to Indy and when Jalen Hurts fully takes over in Philadelphia. As far as Jared Goff goes, he's one of those guys that I actually think the team around him makes it look like he didn't do as much when you look back at his time at LA because the Jeff Fisher year was so bad that I remember thinking after his second game starting, I was like, this, this is terrible. This is going to end up Ryan Leaf status or Jamarcus Russell status. It didn't uh, because Jeff Fisher gets fired. Sean McVay. Oh, what happened to Jared Goff in an off season where this guy looks like a world-class QB. That's why him going to Detroit, I feel like, is not good for him. I feel like Detroit has a quarterback now, just like they did with Matt Stafford, and both teams won in that trade, where it seems like really at the end, Matt Stafford has a chance to win a ring because L.A. keeps going all in, and at some point it, it should pay off for him, you would think. But Jared Goff going to break kneecaps with Dan the Man Campbell uh, and Campbell Soup up there in Detroit, I mean, that's a guy that didn't pan out very well in Miami. So, and now he has the full reins where he didn't in Miami. That's why still looking back almost a month and a half, two months later at the Dan Campbell hiring, it is mind boggling that that guy has a head coaching job. I, I, I don't know if we'll ever interview him. I don't think we will, but it's almost insane to me how crazy it is that that guy got the head coaching job when there's so many other candidates out there. Did you know in Jared Goff's draft analysis, one of his negative things was is he was not willing to bite kneecaps. So I, I think that I think that that might work against him in Detroit, unfortunately. I really hope Jared Goff or one of the players from Detroit, their first game of the regular season, they walk in instead of like dressing real fancy, they all just wear Campbell's soup t-shirts. <laughs> and then they end up beating whoever they play week one by like you know, 21, 24 points, and everyone's like, oh, Dan the Man Campbell, he's really shattering kneecaps up there. <laughs> um, my last hot take, 
so there's been buzz. There has been buzz on the set of Avatar 2 that <laughs> it looks, and I'm quoting here, paraphrasing, incredible. I don't know what that means, but hot take. Let's see what happens. Sequels are not as good as originals. That's why I actually had this conversation with someone a while back. If The Hangover would have just been a one-off instead of a part two or part three, it would be considered in the same vein as like a Step Brothers or an old school or a Wedding Crashers, like those cult classics that you watch regardless. But because they did two more of those, people don't look at it like that all the time. And if they do watch, if they do talk about The Hangover, they ne never talk about the second and the third one. It's always the first one. Maybe Avatar is a little bit different. James Cameron put a lot of time and effort into the first one. There's a reason that he's doing three or four more of these after. So we're going to have Avatar 5 by, you know, 2026 or whatever it is, or 2028, whatever. And Disney now owns Avatar property. So I, it, it's all, the first Avatar, I watched it maybe a year ago on Disney+. Plus. Very good movie. I don't know if it could, if the sequel could top it because by the time this comes out, it'll be next year. So the first one came out in 2009, 2008. So you would have had a 12 year gap. So what's happened in 12 years? I don't know. Those things I, I take grain of salt, but from everyone on the set and people reading it, apparently it's, it, it looks amazing. So what I remember about Avatar more than anything was like the CGI with it. And like, that was the thing that people really raved about was, was the use of the CGI and kind of that like second world type stuff. So I thought Avatar was a fine movie. It's been years since I've seen it. So I don't remember the plot line. I don't remember any of that. I thought it was a fine movie. I didn't have anything against it. But I think, I think what we have to consider when we look at these movies, it, another thing that just kind of popped into my mind, um, I think you're right when it comes to a movie like The Hangover, you know, if they were to stop, I mean, the second and third one are fine, but like the first one was really the kind of the, it, that was almost the nail in the coffin in a, in a good way, because you're like, yep, that's it. And you're good. When you expand on something, you also have to expand on the story. That's why something like Star Wars and Marvel has been so good because there's so many characters in that universe that you can take and, and manipulate stories and give them backstories and give them context. That's why Star Wars, you know, there, there were probably people in the 70s that are like, oh, you could stop after the first one and it'd have been good. You're right. You probably could have. You know, if, if you would have stopped after that first three, even you would have been good because it told the story. But it has expanded to this whole universe now because people care about it and they've expanded on the story and done it fairly well. My question is, is, is can you do that in the Avatar universe? To be seen, I don't know. Again, I don't remember the plot line, so maybe that's a problem too. But you're, you're, you're limiting yourself a little bit here because well, from what I remember, there's not a ton of characters. So you're really kind of almost maybe going next which can be dangerous, but I, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see it because I remember it being a fine movie, but
but man, we'll see what happens with the with the next couple as as they trickle out. Yeah, there's like five or six main characters in Avatar, and just like any movie, there's a couple role players that have you know lines. But basically, to refresh the plot, is they're on this planet in mm-hmm. outer space. Essentially, they have armed forces, troops, whatever, and they try to bond with the I forget what the people are called, but you know they're the blue people, right? What the people are called. I'm sorry, I, I'm not correct on that. Just calling them blue people, but you know they go they merge bodies or whatever and then at the end his human body dies because he doesn't have the oxygen tank or whatever it is and then they merge him fully with the body that he was sharing the whole time so he becomes one of their people right okay that should that should be the end of it i don't really think there should be a second three four five avatar but I understand Disney now owns that property when they bought 20th Century Fox. So they're going to invest as much property as they can into that and as much money as they can into that. It's, I mean, there's a reason that there's Avatar rides at Disney World. They're, they have money invested. By the way, fun fact about me in Disney World, I've only been once when I was three. I would love to go back because it's it's basically a bucket list thing for me to go to Star Wars World now that that's a real thing. Not even anything else about Disney World or Disneyland, just go to Star Wars World. Yeah, I, I would like to see it again too. I, went, I think I was in fourth grade when I went, so it's been it's been a long time. And fun, here's a fun story for you. This will get people laughing. Um, at least I hope it does, I'm not funny. But uh, whenever we went to Disney World, of course, you know, I'm, how old are you in fourth grade? Nine? 10 something like that i don't i don't know but anyway we get down there and of course you know the the thrill of disney world yeah you're going to disney world whatever so whenever we walked into the hotel the first thing i saw (laughs) was shuffleboard and i've never seen shuffleboard before i thought it was fantastic i was like wait a second i've never seen this before so all i did the first day we were in disney world was ask mom and dad if we could go back to the hotel and play shuffleboard and they were like we we came all the way down to florida we came all the way down here for you to ask us if we can go back and play a game meant for 65 and over like what is wrong with you child so that's a good insight into what goes through on my mind on a day-to-day basis but i would love to go back to um i'm not i'm not necessarily somebody that feels like i have to go back all the time but there is a lot of cool attractions like Disney World is the experience. So I'm, I'm with you. I would like to see that um, and, and skip the shuffleboard this time. Yeah. La- last thing about this, because we're, you know, we're obviously we get sidetracked on these when we talk about these things. But la- last thing is they're building a Star Wars hotel and I'll, I won't be able to do that, but they're building a Star Wars hotel. I want you and you can only stay for two nights maximum. I want you to tell me what you think the the price is for a two night stay. Because you're oh like on like a spaceship type of thing that they built. How many rooms is it? I mean, I know that's a weird question, and you might uh, not know. I I don't know how many rooms it is, but I know that like you know they're they're standard like hotel rooms, you know, where you get either two queens or those mm-hmm. kind of things. But the the experience, all um, I might be way off base here, but I'm I'm gonna say it's fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, that's actually right on the head. That that is what it costs fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred dollars. Let's go. Fifteen hundred dollars for a two night stay. Yeah. Wow. Um, seems like a lot. And by the way, I know you have Disney Plus. If you if you are interested in like architecture, those kind of things, watch the Disney Plus documentary about how Disneyland and Disney World be 
came to be what it is. It's, it's a fascinating, like six part documentary. It's incredible. But Ryan, I mean, we talked about this guest for what an episode, maybe two episodes and it delivers in a big way. Oh, absolutely. This is a, this is both. And I repeat this all the time. This is both a fun interview a huge interview and one that we really think you're going to enjoy. This is one that we've kind of been working on behind the scenes for a little while, just with some, you know, scheduling and and technicalities and such, nothing bad, but just, you know, coordinating schedules and such. But today we have Aaron Andrews. That, that just sounds crazy to say, if I'm being honest, that we have Aaron Andrews on this podcast, but Aaron is coming on. She actually just started her own podcast too, called calm down. Uh, so whenever you're done listening to our podcast, listen to Aaron and Carissa's new podcast, Calm Down. Um, but Aaron is fantastic. We're talking a little bit of sports, a little bit of personal life, uh, and a little bit about our podcast as well. So we hope that you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. And now our interview with Aaron Andrews. All right. We now welcome on Fox Sports broadcaster, Fox NFL Sunday reporter, creator with Wear Apparel, now a co-host of the Calm Down podcast. I could keep going, but we only have a certain amount of time. The legendary Aaron Andrews. Aaron, how are you today? And welcome to the Two Ryan Sports Show. Thanks for having me. I'm looking at all the stuff in your background. What do you got back there? It's a ton of photos. No wall space. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So, you know, when you live in a, I still live in a college town and, and work for a university. So awesome. I had a lot of concert posters behind me. I'm a bit of a, bit of a concert freak. So I Where have, are uh, you guys? What college town? I live in Morgantown. Oh, right on. WB, yeah. Yeah. I'm a WVU grad. So I, I actually awesome. still work there. Yeah. And uh, I graduated WVU as well. So, and we're both from pretty much the same town. That's how we know. Yeah. Those are my people. I had some good, good times in Morgantown back in the day you and everybody else that's ever been in morgantown has, has definitely wow. had a good time here at yep. least once yeah <laughs> so aaron let's uh, let's jump into this here so again we appreciate you hopping on here with us well obviously you know everybody knows you're with with fox and, and on the broadcast team there well 2020 is obviously a little bit different than any other year that you probably experienced in sports media yeah. uh, so what would you say was the biggest change or, or biggest difference in reporting in 2020 and you could take this in you know obviously so many directions but what was the craziest thing for you um i just think our lack of access you know just not being able to be like on the field with the guys you know when i first ha- heard the news that that the players had voted for basically everybody to be off the field i remember going into my bedroom and start crying to my husband and i was just like this is awful we're now going to be in the front row. And I remember my husband saying, you're on, you're at the stadium, you know, stop complaining. And, and in hindsight, that's huge because we could have not had an NFL season at all, which would have been really hard. Um, I think it was a great one to kind of distract everybody and what was going on with the world with COVID and politically and all, and all that. So, um, yeah, I was super bummed out, but then, you know, once I kind of got my talking to, as I usually do for my husband, I was like, okay, let's figure this out. Let's freaking nail this. Let's figure out how I'm going to still be important and valuable to Fox. How can I still help the viewers maybe see things and get things that 
um, you know, they need. And yeah, so it, it, it sucked, but it was also a, a great challenge and kind of a different way to freshen it up, you know, because sometimes you get and it kind of get stuck in a rut. And then it was like, all right, you know, I'm dealing with some adversity here. How can I, how can I deal with this? Um, you know, another thing that was really hard was getting from one side to another when there was just one of me. Um, I think of the Green Bay Indianapolis Colts game. That game was so back and forth and at the end went into overtime. Philip Rivers gets hurt. Aaron Rodgers throws an interception. Normally in real life, I'm just like on the field going back and forth, but you have to like walk through the concourse. And that means walk through fans, walk upstairs, walk downstairs, which doesn't sound like a big deal. But when you're trying to like go in between commercial breaks and check to see if Philip Rivers is coming out of the blue tent and you're stuck in section A12, you know, running by John Hughes at Wetzel's Pretzels, it, it was a little different. Yeah. So you don't realize how important that information is yeah. to everybody in, in the behind the scenes stuff. I would imagine it's a little bit easier though to, to do that in some sense because there's less fans, but it's a lot nicer to just run on the field where you don't have to deal with that at all. Well, some of the stadiums like, you know, Dallas, we were dealing with, I think, 20,000, uh, mm -hmm. 25,000 and um, Indianapolis had quite a few as well. So that was a little difficult, but it was just more so the real estate, like getting back and forth. I can haul ass pretty good on the field, you know, and get my steps in. And I was thinking, this is my exercise. This is my exercise, but getting up and down those steps and, you know, running around the concourse was pretty hard. So sticking with the theme of, you know, all those crazy games you had. Yep. The schedule changed obviously frequently. You had a Tuesday uh, game, you had a Thursday yeah. game, you had a Sunday game. You had a um, Monday game. Right, Monday game. What is the schedule like in a typical season though with Joe and Troy? I feel like you guys probably get done your, you know, your production meetings and get ready for the, the season. And then I picture Joe Buck having a, like a big porterhouse steak and you like a glass of wine and, and Joe's it's drinking. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, this year, we didn't really see each other very much, which was a huge bummer just because of COVID, you know, nobody wanted to be in a town too long. Also, with this year, um, we didn't meet <clears throat> with the athletes, at the facility. Um, normally, you know, for a normal year, we'd go in maybe like two days before go to the facility, sit down with four or five guys, uh, Howie right behind me and um, hi, Howie. Um, so yeah, but none of that this year. But yeah, you know, when really before we even took on Thursday night football, um, we would get together a lot on the road, but it's been so difficult with two games a week. Those guys are trying to get home to their kids. I was trying to get all the way back to the West coast. A lot of times they would come in day of, I was coming night before, but yeah, I mean, when we could get together on the road, some fun, fun times were that Friday night dinner. Um, because, you know, Saturday's a school night. You gotta, you, you're not really breaking it down with a, I, I have a glass of wine before bed, but yeah, Saturday, Friday night's, you know, a fun one to kind of listen to Aikman, tell the old stories, Joe do his bits, which are always fun, have a few drinks, maybe go out on the town a little bit, but, but Saturday's a school night. It's usually quick, quick dinner, no messing around, and then right up to the room and get ready to go. No well, fun I, zone, I guess you would say, on a Saturday night, right? Well, I mean, you get you get your Friday time though, so at least yeah. you have a little bit of time to do that and see the city. Well, what what's your favorite city that you that you've been in and all the years of covering? Well, I 
I think for NFL, Dallas is a time. And we know Dallas so well because we usually have five or six games on our schedule. Um, it's a good hotel, good time to go out. Aikman usually shows us out on the town, which is fun. Um, you know, if you want like nostalgia and you want like, you know, here we are, this is the Mecca, Green Bay you know, is a time, not the easiest place to get to. It's a good two flights kind of situation. If you're going commercial like me, kind of reminds me back of my uh, old college days. Um, New England's fun because we get to go to Boston a little bit. Um, let's see, where, what else am I thinking? Pittsburgh's a good time, you know, like to, I like, you know, kind of the, the towns we don't get to go to a lot, a lot of the AFC towns. Mm -hmm. Indy's a good time. This all obviously is before COVID because none of us were doing anything this year except for going straight to our rooms. Um, I'm trying to think. New Orleans. New Orleans is so much fun. I mean, we've been there so much. Great time. Atlanta, underrated. Good time. Um, I'm looking at my list of like wear clothes right here to see where we like to go. Philly had some fun nights there. Yeah. I can I've, find I've, fun usually most of the places, guys. Oh, sure. I, I would imagine Dallas, though, with Troy is probably a great time because he's, oh, yeah. he's just giving you the tour every time like you've never been. So yeah, it's probably best table a, in the restaurant. You always get the best service. It's, it's a fun time. Oh, yeah. You need to make a, you need to have those other NFL friends in towns, too. And you can start doing that again. But yeah. Um, so obviously, again, you know, as we look at your career, you're very distinguished in what you've done and, and covered a lot of great events, too. You've been at the mm -hmm. Super Bowl, done the World Series, the MLB All-Star Game. Yeah. If, if you could pick one event that you have not done that you would, if you were picked to do, what would be that big event and, and why? I think it'd be cool to do the final four, um, just March Madness. I covered a lot of college basketball for ESPN. I was on the Big Ten beat. I was on the Saturday night game, um, the primetime game, and, and I had a good time. And um, just because like anything could happen in that thing, I was a dancer with the University of Florida when Florida was in it. We beat Duke. We beat Carolina that run. Lost to Michigan State, though, in the in the finals. But it's it's a time. I mean, the Butler buzzer beater. Are you kidding me? Like all of us screaming on the floor like it'd be dope to cover one of those. So that's kind of like the one thing I haven't done. And, and it would be neat to do. Yeah. So would you take it from the first weekend with all the craziness all the way up to the end to hopefully see the buzzer beater too? the five versus the twelves? Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> any any excuse to cover sports? I, I feel you. Yeah, I'd be fine. We, we have to jump back real quick about NFL cities. When you get a Vegas game, I'm sure you guys are going to have a good time in Vegas when all COVID goes away. I mean, yeah, we had one. But. We had one this year. We had a Thursday night game there. Um, that's when uh, Carr got hurt and Mariota came yeah. in and almost won. And mm. that was great. It was actually kind of sad just because Vegas was all shut down and everything. And we were really, really looking forward to it. But, you know, we were like, well, maybe next year. But, yeah, that'll be a good one. Is the stadium as nice as we hear it is? I mean, we can see it on TV, but mm -hmm. it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's cool. Like outside of it is awesome. It looks like Darth Vader's helmet. Um, <laughs> it, it's really neat. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just so fun that we have, you know, Vegas sports. That's awesome. The hockey mm -hmm. team is really exciting. I heard that's a whole time to go and see. And then, you know, the Raiders are obviously fun. And then when you add Gruden to the mix, that's a whole other level. So yeah, it, it, it's great. I can't wait till we get the full Vegas experience. Um, so I do have an ESPN-esque question. Okay. So Morgantown, we were both seniors in high school when... Oh, you, when you didn't uh, need to say that. I mean, you really didn't. When you uh, went to Morgantown and it was game day's first time there. 
I'm going to play. play? Who, who'd you play? LSU. LSU. We lost that game. Yeah. It was the year LSU went to the, the national title. I'm going to play like a quick flat five okay. second clip. Yeah. Got the crowd on my side. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. My extensions were rocking that day. Great day for extensions. What do you remember about Morgantown game day experience? Because like game day goes there all the time as far as basketball goes, but they've only been there football twice. And I know you're not with ESPN anymore, Mm -hmm. but the energy that I feel like Morgantown brings, what do you remember about that day? It's the best. I mean, I have goosebumps thinking about it. That was all I wanted to do when I worked for ESPN was be on college game day because I went to the University of Florida when game day came to town, I was camping out. You know, it was unfortunately not like you guys. It was 90 to 100 degrees when game day was in town. So I was nasty. I was stinking. Um, But because I love sports so much, I understand what college game day means to college students, even alum, um, to the organizations, to the programs. And that was just, I remember a, a weekend that I was like, oh boy, here we go, you know, because Morgantown is perfect for college game day. It's all about celebrating the sport. It's all about celebrating the players. And it's mostly about celebrating the fans and their passion that they have. And uh, I knew what I was doing right there. There. I mean, I think somebody handed me that and was like, EA, would you put this on? I was like, absolutely. And uh, I think I walked around sorority and fraternity row and took pictures mm-hmm. as well, um, pre-COVID, obviously. And that was super fun because I just remember what it was like seeing Fowler and Herbie and Corso, you know, be around all of us. And it was just like, it made your weekend. So it was kind of like, I've never really said this before. It was kind of like my way of being like a Disney character for a weekend you know because everybody just wants to see you and everybody wants a picture with you so it was like me wearing the tinkerbell costume you know what i mean yeah you've got to work with two of the most uh, good looking guys in the biz herbie and joe buck i mean you know and fowler fowler's good looking and aikman's good looking oh yeah we'll add them to the list that's that's an that's an always growing list so we'll 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 rank that we'll have to do that sometime ryan we'll do our best looking guys in the business list but uh what, what about any other towns? So, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Florida's fun for game day, but any other towns that really stick out to you during your time with game day that you were able to go to? I mean, they all have their own totally. quirks and fun stuff about them, but mm-hmm. what, what's another one that stands out to you? You know, I think one of the end-all be-alls was one versus two Alabama, um, LSU at Alabama. I remember that weekend because I was living in Atlanta at the time and, and David Pollock was there. He and I actually drove to Alabama together because we were like, what's the point of getting on a plane? Um, and we got out there. I think our coverage started on a Thursday and we got there probably on a Tuesday. Our cell phones stopped working on a, on a Thursday because of all the fans that came in. That game got moved to an eight o'clock tilt, um, you know, in at Bama. And it was like, there were so many people that were in Tuscaloosa, we lost cell phone coverage. And I remember taking a video with me and, and Pollock in the car and being like, headed to Tuscaloosa. And I was like, how pumped are you? And he's like, so pumped. And it was just like, holy crap. You know, like that was awesome. I, I, you know, obviously I'm an SEC girl. So anything SEC when they're in the mix, going to LSU for a night game is ridiculous. It's like my husband's Canadian. He doesn't get the whole college football thing yet. Um, You know, he's been to a USC game, but he's never been to like a real, real crazy town game. 
And I'm just like, one time when it's LSU at night, like I'm taking you there. Cause it's like the whole place is rocking. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Seattle uh, with the Seahawks and how rabid their fans are. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. Morgantown was right up there. I think we did a game at Missouri one weekend and they were taking on Oklahoma and I think they upset Oklahoma and that was pretty massive too. Um, Texas is always a good time. Always miss my flight on a Sunday doing a, a Texas game. It was really fun in Austin. Yeah, we understand he's a, he's a hockey guy, so it's yep. it's just different perspectives. Hockey's yeah. fun too. We're we're big hockey fans. We love That's that awesome. sport. Some of the some of the most fun games to see live. So it all works out for sure. Um, for sure, he's so- learning. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just got, you just got to go to it. I would imagine yeah. that's the thing. I mean, we've, I've never been to an LSU or Alabama game personally, but one day, yeah, one of I, these days. I'll tell you the one thing about an Alabama game and I always try to find it on YouTube and anybody that can find it and send it, DM it to me on Instagram. I'd love it. Cause I always try to show my husband the, I love a good montage. I love a good pregame run out. Mm-hmm. Um, the Minnesota Vikings and uh, the Saints do a good one. The the Seahawks back in the day had a really good one too. Um, but I, I love that whole business. And Alabama has a sick one because it's like Bear Bryant's voice. And you just see the elephant swaying back and forth. And you're like, oh, here we go. Like, it's awesome. I love it. And I'm a gator too. And I think our intro is great where the gators are in the swamp. And it's like, holy gators, get out alive. Like, I love that stuff. Now, now you said goosebumps. I have goosebumps thinking about it because I just wanted it to be college football season again. Yeah, so I know. I thank know. you for that and the anticipation of getting back to a to a college football Heck season. Yeah. So um, now, too, you just started your own podcast yep. that just dropped recently too, the Calm Down Podcast, which you co-host. Yeah. Uh, so what can you tell us about that? What can we look forward to in the uh, in the Calm Down Podcast? Well, no offense to you guys, but everybody has a podcast right now. So we're like, why don't we give it a try? Yeah, we know. That's that's how we got started. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, my girlfriend, Krista Thompson, who's also on Fox, she was at ESPN as well. We, um, we talk every single day and we're two girls that really love sports. I mean, after the Super Bowl, we probably were on the phone for about three hours breaking down the Super Bowl. And then the next morning I was in my PJs till probably about one or two. It was like the day after Christmas and I was watching all the coverage and I just called her and was on the phone for another three hours, just talking about how incredible the Super Bowl was. So that's our life with sports, but we also do have lives, lives away from sports in terms of like, you know, being, having a relationship, having a family, we're basically two tomboys that, you know, are girls as well, like girly things. So we kind of want to talk about everything and anything away from sports, but you're also going to get some references because we love it so much about it. So yeah, it's kind of like a kind of a deep dive into our life and we want to interview other people that we normally wouldn't. We had Kevin Hart as our first guest. Our first episode launched yesterday. You can, uh, I guess I'm getting used to saying download and subscribe uh, where you get your podcasts. But yeah, Kevin was awesome. And, you know, I've worked with, not worked with him, but, you know, interviewed him before, I guess worked with him before. And he's always really good for a laugh, right? So much so that your face hurts and you're cracking up. But I thought he was so kick-ass this time around with just perspective. I mean, this guy's done everything and he continues to do more and more. He's also held down having a family, a relationship. He's gone through adversity in his life. And it's just really freaking cool to get life lessons and advice from him. And also, how do we do this podcast? And what do you recommend we talk about? And um, yeah, it was just, it was dope. And I, you know, I sat back and listened to it about three or four times. I'm like, 
holy shit, we're sitting here talking to Kevin Hart about life, you know? Um, so that's the kind of stuff we, uh, you know, our dream list is Shit's Creek. I want to get Faith Hill on. I want to talk to her about what exactly was going through her mind as she was shooting the Breathe video. I mean, was that not the hottest video you've ever seen in your life? You guys were probably four years old, so. Oh, oh I know what it is. We're, we might be young, yeah. but we know what it is. I wouldn't exactly. call us young, but. Yeah, I just want, you know, talk about things like that. It's like, you, we, we're so fortunate if we get to interview the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers and the Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara's throughout the year, but let's try something new and we'll see how it goes and hopefully people will like it. Anybody you guys suggest for me that you'd like us to talk to? Yeah, I, I think, because um, I did listen to the Kevin Hart episode. It was fantastic. I, I love Kevin's insight. Plus, I love the clips that you guys have been doing on the Calm Down Podcast Instagram. Oh, appreciate job. Yeah, uh, especially with Kevin's background that he had, you know, and the interview was still lighthearted, but he had Richard Pryor in the background. And he had Chris Rock and that yeah. mirror one. By the way, the outtakes that you and Krista did, let, let's be honest, that took at least an hour and a half. The outtakes? Yeah, I mean, because you guys kept laughing and uh, our first oh, yeah. Mevin Smart or something like that. Yeah, anything yeah. we do usually does take an hour and a half because we get off with the tangents and stuff. But yeah, like as, here's the suggestion box is open. Anybody you suggest you would like to see us talk to anything? I'm all ears. Yeah, so anyone from Shits Creek, obviously, I know you like that show. I mean, Dan Levy, Eugene, uh, Annie Murphy. Um, but I think a great interview actually, and it would be probably unique would be, uh, someone like Jerry Seinfeld probably. Cause that's completely, <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting Jerry Seinfeld. I, I don't know if you're getting Jerry Seinfeld or, or we do you have <laughs> access to Larry David. So maybe that's going to happen down the road, which would be fabulous. You know who I want? I want, do you guys watch curb? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff green. Yeah. Susan. I think she would be amazing. I sit there and watch her and I laugh my rear rend off at her. And there's always moments when her and Larry are going back and forth that I feel like they are just cracking up when they film it. Yeah, uh, it's always a very insightful show. It's very Seinfeld-esque, but from yeah. Virginia Connection on that show, uh, the actor who plays Larry's uh, wife in the first like six seasons, Cheryl, is from oh, yeah. Virginia and went to WVU. That's great. But Oh, yeah. that's nice to know. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, I think you should in interview Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, but I would love to. He's uh, he's awesome. I just got to do his show for the very first time this year during quarantine. I was pumped. I wanted to do it when they were doing those like pranks and stuff like the egg game. I want to do that game so bad with him and hold all the puppies, but can't really be in person right now. So table it to her table it to your back in person. Exactly. Look, we're friends now, so you can start a podcast. We're not going to be mad, okay? Yeah, uh, it started. We're here. It's She's going. Um, so my last question for you is, look, you got Wear by EA. I bought my mom a couple uh, things, Wear by EA. Those oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you do so many things. Now the podcast, obviously you're busy during the NFL season. What's a relaxing day like for Aaron Andrews? What is a relaxing day? Well, I don't know about a day because I feel like I'm kind of wired in a way that, and this, you know, another thing I want to learn from Kevin is actually how to take a day off. I have to get it some sort of a workout in, or I'm, I'm a total biatch. I just do like, I feel like it, it sets my mind. It sets my attitude. It just is like a nice clean flush. Like it's awesome. So I like to do that. And then everything kind of falls into place. Uh, probably walking the dog, you know, um, I just don't really relax during the day. Maybe, you know, getting an hour or two of like 
some NFL highlights or news or notes or like perusing what, you know, all the different NFL um, sites are saying, but a relaxing night I could do. Um, I had one last night because my husband was at the hockey game. Yeah. So he left. Perfect. Bye, honey. Especially right now. Cause I didn't get to watch any like crap TV during the season. Cause I'm all dialed in on football games. So he leaves. I do like an hour workout by myself downstairs, added a little extra one in and then came upstairs, made dinner and watched about three to four episodes of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and may or may not had a couple glasses of wine and it was perfect. Like, you know, thumbing through Instagram and Twitter and seeing what the peeps are saying and who likes calm down with Aaron and Krista, who doesn't. Um, But he walked in and he goes, oh boy, you're so happy. And that's like a great night for me nothing wrong with that and there's nothing wrong with any of that i mean hell you gotta have fun you gotta have it somehow whether that's scrolling or i mean have have your fun Um, exactly you did mention one thing though and and we know you're a sports fan naturally so with your podcast i have one final question for you okay we want to i want to ask you at least one other sports question okay so what is one nfl story that's kind of coming in or what we might know now coming into the season that people just need to calm down about Oh my God, you just nailed it. Um, what do you need to calm down about with the NFL season? Well, Carson Wentz was the big one today. What's another big storyline? Calm down. We have the cap is now set the floor at $180 million. And More as a than Steeler they fan, thought, right? More than they thought. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try to say this in a. The deals. I feel like Dallas and Dak are always a big topic, right? Mm-hmm. Can we all just calm down and get the deal signed? I, I second that. I, I, th- I think they need each other. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. We were looking at it today and, and obviously with the news of Wentz, I think we're looking at Dak as potentially the the best quarterback of that draft, but that's obviously a debate that we'll go on until we see these other quarterbacks in their new homes. You know, what's going to be interesting. And I, I think this could be a big calm down. Maybe this takes up my calm down over the Dallas Cowboys and Dak is that it's going to be interesting to see who does not calm down with Tom just set a huge precedent of like what, to do right and it was funny I was talking to my buddy Ryan Russillo about this he goes yeah but the NBA players have been doing this for a while now he went where he wanted he knew the situation and he's like LFG you know like let's win one now I don't you saw Russell come out and was very vocal like a couple days after the Super Bowl you saw the Stafford situation where he's like "I'm, I'm ready to move on I think the Rogers situation, I don't think Green Bay will ever let him go, but it's just like, guys are like, I want to win now. And I, I saw how Brady did it and I will not calm down and I want to do it, you know? So I, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. I was saying to my husband, I was like, you don't really see anybody with hockey doing that. You know, it, it, it Ryan's right. It, NBA players have been doing it for a bit. And now you just saw Tom go and do it. You saw Gronk, you know, go with him and retire and be like, well, I'm coming here now. What do you guys think about that? Well, I follow Tom on Instagram and the way he's been trolling people is unreal. It's great. He does not need to calm down. 
No, he's he's earned the right to be as loud as he wants to be. I mean, what are you going to say about him? Seven Super Bowls more than any franchise. I mean, How awesome. what's there to calm down about? It's awesome. I love that he called those people out too. It was so great. A couple of voices were used a couple of times in that thing too. I think a certain somebody that said the NA, no one cares about the NHL. <laughs> yep. Oh, fingers pointed. I love it. Now we can keep our own receipts. I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't find our show, which you know may not be the craziest thing in the world. But we even said too on this show that it may not be possible to win a Super Bowl. But we stand and sit corrected in 2021. Yeah, you guys needed to calm down. But you know what? Lots of awards to be given out on Calm Down with Aaron and Carissa. Love you guys to check it out. And hey, go to our Instagram. We uh, we started doing this thing yesterday that we're just going to start like recording things on that. Like I never give updates. Gave one in my bathrobe when I saw the Wentz trade go down. I was like, okay, calm down award to the Coles. They just got him. So yeah, but let us know if there's, you know, people you, I mean, I appreciate you thinking we can get Jerry Seinfeld on line one, maybe Larry David, but yeah, let us know what you guys are interested in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're looking forward to more episodes. We're looking forward to listening into that, but Aaron, we, we do again, really appreciate you hopping on here and talking some sports and some life with us here. Uh, as you go about all your ventures with the new podcast, you get back into the NFL season and such. Uh, we hope that you, all of your loved ones, continue to stay safe. Uh, and maybe again, we'll, we'll talk to you again down the road sometime. Appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. Take care. Well, it's good to know Morgantown uh, leaves an impact on everyone, that's for sure. Yeah, well, like I said, it, it's a good time for everybody. Now, depending on how you choose to use that good time, I mean, that's to eat your own, but Morgantown is definitely fun. Now, I really wish we could have won that game against LSU, but that's a that's an entirely different conversation. And for p- people who didn't see, uh, we're both dog lovers, me and Ryan. Uh, Aaron had a had a uh, uh, a good old boy in the background. <laughs> nice little, nice little Howie. I look, I think he's a golden retriever. Yeah, he looked like a golden retriever. Yeah, he was just laying down, and um, yeah, want, wanting to lay there and relax. Yeah. But uh, I tell you what, I mean, Ryan, before we get into do we understand and we can grab bag, I've been listening to a lot of music, a lot of music, and I can't talk about it enough, man. Where I love to do that is on Amazon Music. Yeah. Have you been listening to more Daughtry recently? More Daughtry, more Blink-182. I actually Mm -hmm. went down a rabbit hole yesterday listening to early 2000s um, music. A lot of um, Yellow Card, Ocean Avenue. Ooh, okay. Trap, Headstrong, Big One Hit Wonder Band, uh, Trap, uh, Saliva, those kind of early 2000s rock. And then um, really went down a, a weird rabbit hole of early 2000s, like Nelly and, and those kind of things. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with going down the Nelly rabbit hole. Uh, I still love the song. I mean, I feel like whenever I was first introduced to music, the song, I mean, not first introduced to music, but the song Grills, I can sing every word of that song, whether I'm proud of that or, I mean, I love that song, but also his song Country Grammar. That's, I feel like, I feel like that's a, that's always a hit. Um, I've actually been excited over the last couple of days now because one of my favorite bands uh, in the entire rock industry, they're, they're named Gojira, which is, I believe, Japanese for Godzilla. Uh, Gojira is putting out a new album in April, and they released a single off of it. It's called Born for One Thing, and oh my god, it is amazing. So, waiting for a new album, but you can find the first two singles 
on Amazon Music, along with Nelly, along with all the other 2000s one hit wonders that we have talked about here. And when you sign up on Amazon Music, make sure you use the URL getamazonmusic.com backslash to Ryan Sports to start listening today. So download a little Born From One Thing by Gojira. Download some Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. Now I want to listen to that song. It's been a long time since I've heard that. So I'm going to play a little Yellow Card here after we get done recording because that's been too long. I need that experience in my life. But to listen to all this and more, find your favorite genres, artists, create playlists on Amazon Music and sign up today using the URL getamazonmusic.com backslash to Ryan Sports to sign up today. And before we get into our uh, Friday segment, should we tell the people what year I'm in in SNL right now? Um, yeah. So I'm in 1976. Um, some weird samurai sketch is going on behind me. Don't know what's happening, but uh, John Belushi is a samurai um, putting people in an airplane. No, I mean, 1976 appears to be a wild time. Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter sketches all over on the board on SNL and the episodes I've seen because I guess it was an election year. So that's where we are in the SNL phase. You got, a, got an election year. Yeah, I, I was counting backwards thinking. I was like, yeah, that is an election year. <laughs> Count Counting backwards by four is not my not my strength. <laughs> it's not mine either. We're, we're not guys, either one of us, though. Um, so let's switch it up. Instead of doing weekend grab bag first, let's do Do We Understand. I love it. Do We Understand headlines. Do we understand Bam Margera getting kicked off Jackass 4? Uh, I love all the Jackass movies. The show I, I enjoyed watching. I don't think I understand it. He, he, viola he violated his contract, and I know that he's had a massive problem with addiction. But he violated his contract, whatever that meant, and now he's kicked off. So, you know, you're, you're going to be down Bam in, in Jackass 4. And – Really, I love the Jackass guys, but I don't really, need, I don't really need to see them doing stunts in their fifties and late forties. I don't, I don't want to see them get hurt. I heard a story Steve-O told um, that he went to the hospital on the second day of filming before COVID due to some stunt Jackass for. I don't, I just, I, th I think you know we need to, we need to lay at rest, and it's one of those franchises that. I think we would have been fine with a third movie. I mean, it, it's it's a fine. I, it's it's dumb humor in the sense that you know you watch it literally because it is dumb and like they're doing these crazy stunts and you laugh at it. Um, make no mistake, I hope that Bam Margera is okay and that he can you know corral his addiction and and you know whatever term that is that he violated his contract. Um, but I mean, I feel like it's hard to get kicked off the set of Jackass. I mean, and, and if it is something like that, I hope that it's genuinely something that he can recover from because I, I know that there's been issues with that in the past. Um, and I don't want to, don't want to see him go down that, a, a very dark road, but I don't know how, how much longer can they do this? I didn't even think that there was a, I didn't even think that there was a, an opening to come back with another Jackass movie. And yet here we are talking about it. I didn't think people, this goes back to the question that I always ask with sequels and, and reboots and such. Did anyone ask for this? 
I didn't ask for it. I, and I realize I'm not the voice on entertainment here, but was anybody really that excited for it? I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think Johnny Knoxville is pretty innovative though. I wouldn't want to see another Jackass movie. I'm sure I'll watch it just because of the humor that it does bring. I mean, one of my favorite stunts ever is pretty a lighthearted stunt, but in the first scene, I don't know if you saw Jackass three, but the very first scene stunt that they do, he, <laughs> he takes this big hand, like a swinging pendulum hand and people walk in with certain objects or just walk in and he hits them with this hand and they fall backwards. I mean, it's, it's a pretty lighthearted stunt, but it, it's funny. I, I think the third movie should have been the end of the franchise. I, if, if there was something out of that whole wheelhouse that I would like to see, I think probably another Nitro Circus, because there's a lot of things you can mm -hmm. do with Nitro Circus. And that's that whole Nitro Circus crew is very unique in the stunts that they do, skydiving and, and motocross. You know, Travis Pastrana, I think, is in NASCAR now, though. So I don't know. And maybe it was just to give uh, that production company uh, that Jeff Tremaine owns um, something else to do because they've been doing ridiculousness, it seems like, since, you know, the, the first Bush administration. It, it's on. It, it's like that joke we made about The Office. The Office is basically the Comedy Central Network. That's where it lives. That's what MTV is like. I'll, I'll flip through MTV and I'll see ridiculousness is on from like eight in the morning until 7 p.m. at night. I mean, ridiculousness is fun. I like it. I like the viral clips. And, and actually, actually, I would watch a show, not to slight the others, but I would watch a show just with D'Lo. Like if he just did the clips, because his commentary is always my favorite. So I find myself, if I'm watching ridiculousness, I'm watching it almost just to listen to D'Lo talk about the clips because that's, that's what I enjoy. Um, I think Nitro Circus would be fun. And, and I remember when TJ was on back a while ago, you know, he said even now that there's more people that are doing crazier stunts than we've ever really seen before. And I know he didn't mean jackass stunts. You know, he's, he's talking about BMX people. He's talking about uh, those in the skateboarding and, and I mean, even snowboarding and, and skiing community, I think would probably fit that bill more. I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like this is necessary. I feel like we're, we're diving way too far into the nostalgia factor when it comes to things that we can bring back, things that we can reboot, things that we can give a sequel to. Jackass was fine at three. I don't need, I don't need four. I don't need five. Stop. Stop it. I, I, we've seen all the stunts. We know you're nuts. We get it. There's, there's no more that needs to be done to prove how insane you are to me. But so I, I have a couple of these two. Um, now, the first one is is slightly, slightly, slightly political, but it's not political. Um, the news comes out earlier this week that Joe Biden was playing uh, President Biden, I should say, was playing Mario Kart with his grandson, granddaughter. Uh, and one is Luigi. And, and everybody was on him for playing as Luigi. So. You know, do we understand why you would play as Luigi? Because when I look at the Mario Kart loading screen, Luigi is never the first character I think of. I mean, props to him for winning against somebody that's certainly younger than him. But who who is your go-to character in, in in Mario Kart? Because I I don't understand why you would pick Luigi. 
I was a huge Yoshi guy and Toad. Loved a good Toad and loved Yoshi. I actually liked Yoshi so much. I remember getting the Yoshi game for my Nintendo GameCube. And for some of our listeners, they may not even know what that is. But a Nintendo GameCube was basically the coolest thing ever in my eyes when I was young. <laughs> it was just a legitimate cube and discs were no bigger than the size of a small potato chip. You put it in and you had four slots and it was one of the easiest things to hook up and it basically you could fit around in a backpack. But yeah, no, Luigi's a weird choice. It's, it's like choosing Wario in Super Smash Bros. Yeah. So, I, I, and it's not even that I don't like Luigi. I mean, I just, you know, Luigi is like the secondary character to Mario. Like, that's how Nintendo kind of like builds the franchise in that sense. So, now the, the Mario Kart that I think of is the one for the Nintendo 64 because that's the one that I both grew up on and still play because I refuse to buy new gaming systems. Um, I always was either Bowser or Donkey Kong. I, I, I don't know why. But like those were the ones that stood out to me. And maybe that was the kid in me that's like, oh, like, it, you know, it's different. It's, it's a character. It's not something that is, you know, human in that sense. And I wanted to play as them. But I, I didn't even really play as Mario in Mario Kart. I mean, maybe that's a weird take. But I was always I always wanted to be like you said, even like Toad or somebody else like that. Somebody who doesn't necessarily resemble the human because, again, it's it's different. But. Uh, even with the Mario Kart on, um, what's the one that I just played? Wii U. Uh, the Wii U, my my old roommate Ben had one of those, so we would play it all the time. I would either play as my created character or like Donkey Kong still. So I don't know. It's just a weird choice. I mean, this is, again, not a political discussion, but I just feel like Luigi is an odd choice for your for your, and, and I mean, it could just be him being like, I don't care who is I, I play as, I just want to play. And, you know, that that's fine. Go for it. You're the president. Quick, pick whoever you want to pick a Mario Kart. Quick question. What's your favorite Mario game? Is it Mario Party, Mario Kart, Super Smash Bros, I guess you could put in there? Um, You know, it's funny because I only ever had played Mario Kart religiously until a couple years ago. But the one that I think I actually like the best is Mario Party. And I think that's because of like the extra board games that come with it. Uh, whenever whenever we had that Wii U, we actually ended up getting Mario Party, like the 64 version two to play. And that was awesome. I love Mario Party. I love that game. It is fantastic. So Mario Kart like still has my heart because that's the game that I grew up with. But Mario Party, I think, is my favorite. If, if I had to choose. Super Smash Brothers is fine, but like Mario Party and Mario Kart are kind of neck and neck, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Super Smash Bros. for me, probably. Mm-hmm. Then followed by a good old Mario Party. Yeah. Well, Marty, I think Mario Party's fun because it does resemble that of a board game. So it's like all the fun of a board game, but it's virtual. So it kind of combines the elements of like competition and like you're with your friends and such. I mean, you can play it alone, but like if you're with people to do it, like that makes it significantly more fun. Yeah. Weird thing though. My favorite Nintendo game is Animal Crossing. So that's a little, but yeah. 
I, I know a lot of people that, that love that game and, and I just never played it. So I, I didn't understand it the same, but I know, um, again, my friend Ben, who's a big gamer, he loves that game. It's like one of his go-tos. So I get it. I'm with it. Um, do you have another, do we understand? I do not. I do. I have one more. This one will also be, I think, relatively short. Um, I could say it in just the three words that I have written down. Uh, but do we understand colon LeBron making music? Oh, you have not heard about this. Wait, what? LeBron James tweeted. Um, I had the tweet up. Let me see if I can find it. LeBron James tweeted something about uh, making music and his like desire to make music. Um, and I, yeah, we definitely don't I understand just, that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't feel like, okay, um, here we go. So this was tweeted today is the 18th and we talked about this. So he says, my love for music is insane. I think I'm going to do an album. I'll, I won't be rapping or anything like that. I'm not crazy. I know what I'm great at, but I'll tell you one thing that I do have so many friends, so many friends that can just thinking out loud, uh, loud, you know, autocorrect does not does not spare anybody between Ryan Beckman, Ryan Minnick, or LeBron James. We all get hit with autocorrect at some point, but I just, I, okay. Like I get it, but also with LeBron James, like I don't feel like he needs another thing. Like he's great at what he's at. Like, I don't feel like you have to create an album. Like even if you produce it and have friends that rap, like people will listen to it. I know. And, and I'm going to be honest, I probably will too, but I just don't understand. I just don't feel like it's necessary. I mean, do what you want to do. He clearly has the resources and the time and the energy to do it, but I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, that's a wild do we understand because I've heard other athletes rap because when I'm, when I'm scrolling through and I'm like, oh, so they decided to rap or try out music. I want to hear what they sound like and they have a big enough platform where it's not like a, a struggling recording artist they can go to a radio station and they can get on the air the next day I think I've only heard one athlete ever who did music where I was like OMG this guy is good and it's Damian Lillard mm -hmm. and rap he yep. is incredible he is, yeah. he is good enough. If that's what he wanted to make his profession, fine. Seems like LeBron's dipping his toes way more outside of basketball. And I know he's been thinking about that future for a while, but it seems like that's completely out of bounds versus what he was doing with movies and his own show on HBO, which isn't a bad show. They haven't done one in a long time, but uh, called The Barbershop. Mm -hmm. And just conversation with people and but Space Jam 2 comes out this summer. It seems like he's he, he's setting himself, and he has been, that's why he went to L.A., setting himself up for life after basketball. But music doesn't seem like one of those things he should do. I mean, I just, I never, I never heard him say it before. I mean, of course, he's been in movies and stuff. I mean, look, the, the dude's set up for life. I mean, he could he could literally never play another game of basketball, and he'd be fine he's he's gonna be good and i mean this 
this is not a slight to LeBron James because as much as you hate him, he's done so much good. And you're right. He is setting himself up for life after basketball. But I just don't – this is – so people, I think, on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, were, like, comparing this to, like, a DJ Khaled-type situation where, like, he's not the rapper. Obviously, because DJ – I don't know if you've ever heard DJ Khaled, like, actually on a song, but it's not it's not great. But, like, what he's able to produce and bring in is fantastic. So if it's like that, like, well, we'll listen to it because he's friends with a lot of great rappers. He's just going to have his hand in everything, apparently. He's going to be making movies, running for office, setting up charter schools in Akron. I mean, the dude dude is going to do everything when he's done because he's doing it all now and he's still playing basketball. Another one. Another one. Another one. Another one. Literally, literally another one for something else that LeBron James will be doing after he's done with basketball. I never understand why that's DJ – Khalid Cali's tagline, another one. DJ Cali. Never understood that. But we can grab bag. Big 12 action. That's what sticks out for the college basketball slate this weekend. And of course, Lake Tahoe. Mm -hmm. Texas Tech versus Kansas. Ugh, Kansas. What are we doing down there in uh, Lawrence this year? Because it is not going well. WVU versus Texas. If if someone says to me today, hey, WVU is going to play Texas Tech if the Big 12 has a conference tourney, because every conference seems like with less than a month to go, they don't know what they're doing with that, which is a wild college basketball move because you got to figure that out soon because March is just basically two weeks away and conference tournaments would be three weeks away. But if someone says, hey, WVU, Texas Tech, they're going to play for the Big 12 conference tournament title, I would be like, Okay, that makes sense. Those are the two best teams in the Big 12. That's the way I look at Iowa versus Wisconsin, who play. When you guys are hearing this, it's Friday, but they played Thursday night. We don't know what the outcome is, obviously, because we're recording for this. But, I mean, those two teams in the Big 10 are – Wisconsin is not as highly ranked, obviously, as Iowa, but Iowa plays really good off the ball. And I love watching Big 10 basketball this year, even though it's a little bit down. And then Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe, it it is almost a shame that the NHL, and we've talked about this before, that the NHL is not prominently featured as one of the four sports, even in America with as many cities that have NHL franchises and then going to be Seattle here soon. But it's going to be incredible. And I'm serious. Even if you don't like hockey, go to their Instagram page. The shots of the, the way they set up the rink is incredible how it looks with the trees in the background, the snow, the big mountainous views. It might be the biggest win they've done as the NHL since putting in the winter classic with the Pens and Buffalo back in 2008 at Orchard Park in Western New York. That's how monumental this is going to feel. It, it looks awesome. It really does. And I'm so excited. There's not really much that stands out. We're, we're starting to get down to the nitty gritty where we get down the sports calendar in the spring college basketball starting to wind down. Although, Hey, the best words in sports, apparently T's and C's are important. P's and C's. I'm sorry. <laughs> Catchers. Uh, apparently, is. apparently baseball started yesterday. I, who who would have thought? It is. It's a, um, it's a really, um, it's a really big time to be a baseball fan, but you're right. I, I actually, the, 
the biggest thing I have on my weekend calendar, actually, I had both of those things uh, that you mentioned, both basketball games you mentioned and Lake Tahoe. I, I just think it's – I love the outdoor games. I know we talked about this on the first half, but this is this is a fun thing to be able to watch. And, I mean, they, they picked two great games to do it. So the Avalanche play the Golden Knights on Saturday uh, and then Boston and Philly on Sunday. So two, you know, two incredible matchups to watch, uh, you know, some of the best teams in hockey. I mean, that's four of the best teams in hockey right there. So you can't, you can't miss that. And just to see the view, uh, but you're right. So the goalie view is actually the one that, um, that I saw today that I think that everybody should see. So what the goalie is going to see at Lake Tahoe is like basically looking out onto the lake, onto the mountains. And it, I, I would probably give up I mean, I'd probably give up 10 goals anyway, but I would give up 10 goals just because I was sitting there watching, just looking at that being like, I can't believe I'm actually here. But I mean, also I'm not an NHL goaltender, so that's part of the problem too. But uh, Big 12 basketball, sure. Going to be a big weekend there too. Uh, Tampa Bay and Dallas, a little finals rematch there in the NHL this weekend too. That should be a fun one to watch too. Uh, while you're not watching the Lake Tahoe game, you can play around a little bit. Uh, Brooklyn and the Clippers, uh, I think, is probably the biggest basketball game of the weekend. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm not as big into basketball, but I didn't really see any games that really just hit me hard for basketball this weekend. Well, they're the worst team in the New York in New York, so it doesn't even matter what they're playing because I wanted KD and Kyrie to come to New York, and hey, it's working out in my favor versus theirs this season anyway at this point because we're the best team in New York, not them. Not them. They they legit they legitimately don't play defense. It's it is almost compounded ever since they've gotten Harden. They do not play defense. They gave up a hundred, I think, in seventeen or one hundred and seven points to Golden State, who, let's be honest, they're past their prime. They're I, I don't think Golden State's in the championship window anymore. Maybe that's just the fact that Clay is out for a second straight year for the whole year. And Curry and Draymond are having to do everything. But, yeah, we're the best team in New York, not Brooklyn. Yeah, well, I, I love that. Let's go Knicks. And, um, of course, with our Thursday shows, too, I have to throw in my quick NASCAR second here. Um, so NASCAR is staying in Daytona this weekend. They are racing the Daytona road course. Did you know Daytona had a road course? Did not. So they are racing the Daytona road course, um, again, staying down in Florida this week. Uh, I believe the last, and my friend Alex is going to hit me when he hears this, I believe the last three road course races have all been won by Chase Elliott, last year's champion. So I would be insane not to pick Chase Elliott as the favorite to win on Sunday uh, because he has dominated that road course in the in the races that they've been there at. So I'm going to go with Chase Elliott on Sunday on the Daytona road course. I know road courses don't always sound exciting to NASCAR fans or non-NASCAR fans, which, you know, maybe it doesn't sound exciting at all, but um, this, this is a fun race. I remember watching it last year and it is a very fun race to watch. So uh, we're taking Chase Elliott on Sunday to take the road course in Daytona. All right. Let's go <laughs> Napa Auto Parts 9. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rock, rock on, rock on. Um, Monday morning, Monday morning headlines. How awesome was Lake Tahoe? <laughs> How awesome was it? By the way, do they even, I, I didn't see in any of the photos yet. Are there lights set up? Cause it's, it's definitely going to get dark. I don't, I don't see lights set up anywhere. I mean, they have to have something. I, 
I haven't seen all the pictures yet. I've, I've seen what the rink looks like and such. I'm sure they're going to have something, but I'm not exactly sure what it looks like yet. And then my other Monday morning headline is <sighs> Knicks. We're making a push. We're making a push for not just a sixth seed in the playoffs, pushing for that number two or three seed. We're not going to end up being the seven through 10 teams that play in the play-in tournament. No, no, no. We're going for it. Tom Thibodeau is basically saying what he does to every team in February. Hey, we're going to play every 40 minutes and we're going to gas you out. But if we're in the playoffs, that's all that matters to me. Uh, I also don't understand. I hate his lineup recently with Reggie Bullock, Julius Randle, Nerlens Noel substituting for the injured Mitchell Robinson. Hate that lineup. Hate, hate that lineup. And Alfred playing, uh, Alfred Payton playing point guard. Do not like that lineup at all. Can't stand it. And RJ Barrett, I hate, hate RJ Barrett. Can't stand him. I'm not, maybe a hate's a strong word. The fact that he was the third overall pick and it was like, oh, we got the guy. He's not the guy. Yeah, well, tends to happen, too. Sometimes in the NFL, um, you trade your top pick, too. But uh, that's actually where a little bit of mine goes. I'm, I'm going back to the NFL here. Uh, maybe not Monday morning, but I think on Monday, we'll be talking about the NFL salary cap. So the NFL salary cap, cap floor, let me try that one more time. Take two, Ryan. The NFL salary cap floor was set at $180 million uh, yesterday now. So that's more than expected. I think we're going to get more news about the salary cap ceiling, which is a, which is a big deal going into this season because loss of revenue, they expected that it would be down, but uh, it may not be down quite as much as people thought because actually the floor is more than what they had last year. So just some interesting stuff coming out with the NFL salary cap. I think we'll learn a little bit more about that. Uh, teams are definitely going to be doing their projections of who they can sign and re-sign. I know I'm already doing that a little bit with the Steelers. You may be doing it with the Eagles a little bit, but um, just hoping that we're able to re-sign a couple guys that I would really like to have and uh, maybe still able to make the push for J.J. Watt. I, I hope so. Yeah, that could be a sneaky Monday morning headline. He might find a place uh, to land over the weekend. Wouldn't be shocked. But yeah, Ryan, hot take Monday morning headline. Yeah. Ryan, but uh, with all of our guests, future guests that we have, segments, Instagram posts, whatever, how are they going to find us? How are they going to listen to us? Yeah, well, find us first to listen to the show on Apple or Spotify. That's where our show is hosted. So make sure you're liked, subscribed, you're rating us. You can leave us a review. Let us know how you're liking the show on there, too. But again, Apple and Spotify, make sure you're subscribed and following us there to never miss an episode. But also to keep up with us on regular social medias as well, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, as always, we're posting when shows drop there, but also on TikTok, we have some one-off videos talking about some breaking sports news. Uh, but again, be sure to follow us on those platforms. And you can find us on all of those platforms at 2 Ryan Sports Show. Again, follow us on Apple, Spotify, and you can find us at 2 Ryan Sports Show on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And we'll see everyone uh, Tuesday. I'll still be in the 70s. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody.